You're listening to The Echoes with me, Emily Andrew, the self-development podcast that explores personal stories, powerful tools, and an insight into the wide world of mental, physical, and spiritual health. Get ready to get curious, be inspired, and connect in. My guest on the podcast this week is Chris Goldsmith, also known as Goldie. Chris is an endurance athlete and a performance coach with a rich background of adventure and challenges. He's committed to improving health and wellness of clients by providing fitness-related services to corporate, community and individuals throughout West Wales and Pembrokeshire. Chris served as part of the British Army until he was injured whilst on tour in 2010. And in 2011, his twin brother, Jonathan, also serving in Afghanistan, was killed at 24 in a tragic accident whilst on leave. Three years later, Chris, who had never completed a marathon before, decided to honour Jonathan's memory by completing 10 marathons in 11 days. Chris describes himself as a caveman, but personally, I'm not sure the title does this man justice. He's calm, courageous and cares deeply about mental health and using his experience to inspire and support others. On his website, he poses the question, when was the last time you did something you thought you couldn't? And I think that Chris's personal story, the challenges that he has gone through physically, mentally, are all testament to that question because he's continually pushing boundaries and overcoming limits. So this is my conversation with Chris, and I hope you enjoy it. I guess the first place to start is, who are you and what do you do? It's a very good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm originally from Pembrokeshire, um, southwest Wales. Not many people know where that is, so I just end up saying Wales. Um, So yeah, across the border. Um, I grew up there since I was a kid, and I basically joined the army as a boy boy soldier when I was 15, 16. I joined the service, went straight out to Germany um, with my twin brother. We joined up at the same time. And I was, yeah, served for 11 and a half, 12 years, just rounded up with the Royal Engineers. Very successful career. I was a military specialist um, diver. Um, so we kind of got left alone. And yeah, got various trades, went out to Afghanistan, um, Iraq, and obviously my service was cut short. I was discharged due to an injury in Afghanistan 2010. And yeah, a lot of life struggles in between all that, which I'm sure we'll dive into. Yeah, went out to the Middle East as a fitness trainer and went back to Pembrokeshire where I run a, a fitness business which I still still do in the background amongst everything else. And um, yeah, I help other people through challenges mentally and physically. And some of those can be Nordic walking, endurance sessions, um, I'm a performance coach, and I run various training camps for the army, elite team, cross-country skiing um, out in Norway and Sweden. Yeah, so I've kind of done quite a bit. I am now at the moment running massive building sites in the Cotswolds area. So yeah, that's quite stressful as it is, as you know. So I kind of juggle quite a lot at the moment, but um, yeah, Mm. as a brief. Yeah. 
very it's hard to put your life in a nutshell isn't it and yeah I think there's especially when you've got so many different elements of who you are and what you do and I think sometimes when we are so used to telling our own story because you know we we tell it a lot we talk about what we've been through and it almost just becomes this kind of real of like I've done this this has happened to me but actually there is so much inside of all of that and um I was lucky enough to meet you at the big retreat this year and I think we met on the first day when I'd not long arrived on my own and was just like deer in headlights didn't know what I was doing um but I had the absolute honor of spending time with you and getting to know you a little bit and there was a talk that you did with um Harrison Ward I always want to say Ford Harrison Ward the fell foodie and Matt Pritchard uh, the dirty vegan and it was just one of the most honest um inspiring and it it just felt like you were sat with people in a really chilled environment but that were talking about things that really matter and make sense but they they are quite difficult subjects to talk about as well and yeah I, I mean I think the plethora of things that you do is amazing but I also think who you are underneath that is also something that is to be very commended yeah so then it was the first well by the way yeah great festival and yeah met some amazing people you've been one of them um you've done some amazing things and the two guys yeah we had the chat with talking about mental health and how to cope with um different challenges we all got our own challenges through life and um you know to share them um you know they've they've had various talks on various stages it was my first one I was kind of chucked on the spot by Amber she was like by the way Chris you're you're on the stage you know I've done some amazing things um I'm a bit of a caveman I kind of keep myself to myself so you know I don't mind talking about all these things um but I kind of yeah and yeah thank you for having me on here to uh kind of draw some of them out I guess but yeah it it just keeps me inspired meeting other people that have gone through different challenges and different different things in life because I think that the richness of life is something that we can kind of lose sometimes when we're just stuck in our job our work our life uh, you know and it just becomes so routine and actually if we can open our borders and boundaries meet other people and experience life through their eyes then we we grow as a person as well and I think that your story is so unique but the the kind of passion that you have for helping other people after what you've been through is just something to be really commended and supported and that's why I think so many people want to shout about you um, mm. even if you're not ready to do it yourself yet um, <laughs> but I guess the, the that leads me on to the question of what why why has mental health and um, kind of this personal project of yours become so important where did that come from for you what is in the challenges um, I mean physical challenges that I kind of put myself through yeah, well, I'll, I'll go back. So I, I lost lost my twin brother um, about ten years ago. So identical, 
you know, my family have been through a lot as it is. So I didn't really have an option um, to just kind of battle through it. When it first happened, because we looked so similar, um, he was a Goldie as well. We had different lives and we kind of, people crossing paths that didn't know the full story of what had happened. So they're like, you know, you're right, Goldie. And uh, I just ignore them because I don't really know who they are. And uh, they realise actually, yeah, it's, yeah, oh, he's got a twin. You know, after it happened, I was just trying to be strong for the family. And, you know, I didn't cry for the first two years. And I thought there was something wrong with me. But um, you, you try and hide it away. I had amazing family support and uh, friends and family. And, um, you know, I pushed people away because um, I thought I, could, I was dealing with it in the right way. And, yeah, pushed them away. And uh, the cracks soon, you know, start to appear. So when, when I, I got injured in Afghan, um, I was discharged. So I kind of lost myself anyway. I was, you know, prior to that, looking at the Olympic dream, as it were, in various sports. So, you know, I lost my way. I put a bit of weight on, couldn't train. And, yeah, I ran away to the Middle East as a fitness trainer. I say fitness trainer, sports coach, some of the royal family and uh, children. So I was helping other people. I can kind of direct my energy into that but it was still it was just masking what I was actually kind of going through at the time and yeah obviously I was away from my family no one was no one was kind of pestering me about my brother are you okay all the time but yeah it soon started you know draining you and then yeah eventually went back to Pembrokeshire in Wales but yeah that was kind of so did you get injured before your brother passed away yes I did yes yeah okay so that must have been really difficult then because you've had the loss of you said like the Olympic dream and obviously you've been in the army for so long so you had that grief to go through and then something that most people couldn't imagine going through with the loss of your brother do you feel like the need to just hold it together for everybody else was that something that just felt like well of course I I do or was that a decision that you made or um I think that was just initial instinct yeah just basically for everyone else rather than myself I I need to be strong because it was because we're identical I'm just a reminder to people who I come across so it was like a bit strange um but I knew I could accept it and get on with it so yeah, I was just trying to be there for everyone else and, and be their rock, really. Yeah, yeah, it's not not easy. Obviously, everyone deals with it in their own way. But talking to uh, talking to other people, yeah, it's the be- the best way, really. Um, mm. I can suggest. So, um, have you kind of gone through the putting it down in a box, not not really kind of addressing it? it sounds like you kind of ran away a little bit understandably but and then and then got to a point where you were like actually no I do need to start talking about this about how I feel and what was the what was the the point for you to make that change there's you know because I had amazing support around me um I was quite stubborn um so people could tell me I could have help and yeah I'm fine I'll be all right I'll just get on with it but um realizing yourself actually no it's not okay um I need to talk to someone um 
and it's hard to accept, especially when you're so determined and um, you know just how you hold hold yourself. It's not a sign of weakness, but at the time, yeah, I thought right, I didn't want to say I couldn't do something. Um, so yeah. Yeah. how how was that for you that change because I speak to, I've spoken to quite a lot of guys over you know the old podcast that I used to run and I, I've spoken about it quite in depth but actually it is that I think there is there are definitely more men now talking about men's mental health which is something that's so vital and needed but there is still from what I hear Obviously, I can't imagine the experience because I'm not a man, but there is still a kind of element of stigma about talking about your feelings. Or do you feel like we've we are a, a bit more open as a society now, talking about our you know experience and our feelings, or does it still feel like a bit of a barrier that we need to overcome? Def- definitely, a barrier is still up there. It's heading in the right direction, um, but yeah. Especially, especially with the military, you know, the old school boys just kind of got on with it and dealt with their situations at the time. And obviously, the cracks are showing. And yeah, we're getting a lot of suicides. Um, I've had a lot of mates commit suicide. But you know, you didn't even think there was anything wrong. So, which makes it even worse to accept. Um, you know, whether if you could, uh, yeah, well, just opening up really, and that's the hard thing. So even talking about suicidal issues you know asking someone are you suicidal it's not a normal topic you bring up but just listening listening to someone even if you don't understand what they're going through just letting them know that you're there and you hear them um, is enough sometimes and then yeah just checking on checking on on people making sure they are all right um it's all well saying everything's all right are you okay everyone's gonna say yeah i'm fine just kind of brush it off because they don't want to talk about it but just like the warning signs change of behavior character you know that that was a a massive thing to me because you know i started snapping at my parents you know it might have hardly said anything and i just snap at them because you got this anger kind of building up in you and it's just a bit of a release and you don't realize at the time but looking back yeah it's it happens it's it's part of the package really if you don't deal with it how do you deal with anger how would how did you deal with that because i think anger is one of those that i think so many people experience and feel but it's one of those emotions that people don't it's not good to feel angry and i think in in terms of a male stereotype there's kind of like an angry man but actually I think a lot of women as well experience anger and just don't know what to do with it and don't know how to process that effectively what how did you deal with your feelings in terms of anger is it is that through the sport and things that you did or did you seek yeah so normally normally um I'll go out for a run or a little jog just to kind of clear my head but obviously at the time when I was injured, I couldn't train. So that was a lot difficult. So yeah, I'll go out for a walk. My head's kind of all over the place and 
you know, sometimes I don't want to be there and I'm just like, I don't want to go for a walk, but I'll just go for a walk anyway, because, yeah. And then being outside with the nature, I, I live on the coast, as you know, you know, just walking through the woods, just clear your mind. And even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, it doesn't really matter. Um, it just kind of gets you out of that situation of, you know, that's just been building up all this time. You know, I'm not saying everyone everyone is going to enjoy that, but finding what works for them. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I did a little lot of art as well. And yeah, I drew some angry pictures. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, just to kind of like take that anger out and you like, you look at it and you're like, holy, holy crap. That's, uh, yeah, that's quite deep. But um, yeah. Yeah. It's that expression, isn't it? I think anger is such a physical emotion to feel. And it's so, so because it feels so physical, it's not always something that you can just talk out. Because it's, mm. I think sometimes it's so easy to suppress it by trying to express it in a kind of calm, rational way. Anger isn't calm, mm. anger isn't rational. It is, it's, it's a physical feeling. Um, when you did say, went for a, go for a run I thought oh well I'm screwed then um because <laughs> I cannot run yeah so try, trying to find what makes you happy what's your go-to okay I like a bit of chocolate but oh, it's not going to last long because I like it'll scoff and I'll still feel a bit bad but um yeah so going for a run it I, I enjoy running so yeah whatever tickles your fancy but, um yeah I think it'll work for you so your process of finding what makes you happy what did that look like because it sounds like you know you had your the physicality of what you enjoyed was difficult for you to do mm -hmm. obviously you're going through that time how did you kind of build yourself back up because it's very different um like our stories are different but there are similarities in in certain elements of them and I can resonate with the feeling of having everything that you thought life was going to be ripped down in front of you and mm. the build up, you know, the build back up after that is, it can be really difficult. Like how did you discover and build back up who you were after that? Um, as, as I was growing up as a child, you know, mixed sports, clubs um it was all performance based and it was you know i needed to be number one i needed to be up there so it was like push 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 and after after being injured and feeling helpless and not being able to do that it's kind of that's I, I looked at myself and thought well who am i you know that that is who i was that you know if you said my name back back then yeah okay yeah I was a bit of a machine but that's what I did and that's what got me into coaching because I had no other option um I didn't want to waste my knowledge and I thought right I can help other people who were struggling and that's what got me into working with various charities uh individuals with learning difficulties Parkinson's and yeah that's where the Nordic walking basically started because it's still got that element of cross-country skiing which I 
eventually sort of gone into the coaching outside rather than racing. So help, helping other people cheered me up. Um, I felt like I was making a difference, although I was still hurting. That outweighed what I was going through. And over time, I kind of built myself back up and, yeah, got back into racing eventually. But, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a long, long journey, you know, various operations and rehab and, yeah, and then other losses in between, sort of mates committed suicide and normal life struggles, shall I say. But, yeah. Hmm. So going from, you know, I can't race again, that kind of thing. How did you get from that to I'm going to do, is it 10 marathons in 11 days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I've never ran a marathon before that. Um, I don't tell many <laughs> people that because they don't believe you, but or just think you're bonkers. So the reason I ran 10 marathons in 11 days, so the training camp, the British training camp, the NDS, was up in Inverness. So I basically ran from Inverness to my hometown in Half West, Pembrokeshire, and it totaled 20 marathons. So I split it up. And yeah, so it wasn't just a random, random run. It took a lot of planning and it was on the roads, on the actual route, um, rather than fixed events. But yeah, I had a couple of my friends or my brother's friends kind of join in. And yeah, we, we raised about £10,000 for a couple of charities. One close to my brother's military unit, the Remy Blenheim Fund. Um, they helped my family quite a lot through the loss. So I thought I'd give something back to them. And um, yeah, combat stress we had as well. I mean, I think when we lose somebody, in some ways, everything that we do is is for them. Or, or yeah, you have a bit more drive to in... kind of yeah to push and see yeah. it through. Um, I think I've always got that drive in me. Um, so I didn't really need. I love a challenge. I should buzz off it. But um, from the physical and mental breakdown, I just think I've got more to give. So, yeah, every every now and then, normally two three years, I'll. Come up with some crazy challenge, but I think we've all got that in us. It's just trying to tap into it and drawing that out to see what you can achieve. You know, but back in the day, Ironmans wasn't really that well known, and now it's more common, so it's not that extreme to the the normal uh, normal person, shall I say? So there's a lot more people doing it. So I ran half a marathon, had a little break, and then we'll do another half marathon on the fifth day. I had half a day off, so that's why we've got the 10 marathons in 11 days it was kind of a bit of a break halfway through I had family visit me on day seven um and I actually yeah my VMO on my muscle um wouldn't work I couldn't really run that well so I actually done a marathon in crutches um and because he'd driven all the way I didn't really want to say right I'm not running so I yeah I did the marathon in crutches and kept at the same speed because he ran alongside me but yeah not many people knew that but yeah there's a few photos flinging around um, but yeah it was great absolutely loved it I am not a runner I put my hands up if if you or anyone can make me a runner then you are you know amazing um <laughs> more amazing but there is a mental block in like especially with marathon running from people I've spoken to, not from personal experience, where you kind of get to a point where your your body's kind of screaming at you like I can't do anymore. 
Mm. And it becomes a mental challenge more than a physical one. Is that right? And also, and how do you get past that? Like, because that takes a lot of mental fortitude. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. People don't train mentally. They're all about the physical element. But like like the saying says, you know, if you don't train your mind, you're that's going to give up first thing and your body's going to follow. You're just going to pack it in. But I say to people, you know, I'll, I'll go back to the Ironman. People will train for an Ironman and they have to run a marathon to say, oh, I, I can do an Ironman or different elements. It's, you know, if I was going to run around the world, I'm not going to train and run around the world distance wise and go, oh, I'm ready now. But OK, a bit extreme, but I'll bring it down to the Ironman. And, uh, you know, it's about training smart. Um, it's about training when you're tired and well yeah just being smart and building up sensibly rather than getting injured and uh, going back two steps so yeah it was all about recovery tapering um, and especially nutrition everyone just gets wrong that's kind of missed a little bit and a bit of a dark art but yeah we we built it progressively um, so it wasn't just like off you go here you go right 10 marathons 11 days but then again you know I might might do three on the bounce and have a um, half day off and then carry on with the mileage you know so I'm still running on tired legs but getting used to that strength conditioning very important um, I think a lot of people miss out that on a lot of the training um, I train a lot of clubs triathlon clubs and um, I don't tell them when I'm training them because people don't turn up because they think it's a bit of a thrashing. Because, yeah, people just want to run sociably. and uh, But I'm just trying to draw the best out of people. So, uh, yeah, my, my club know that. Back in Pembrokeshire, so, yeah. You've got a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> a, a good one. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A good one, but also people probably hate it when you turn up and you're going to yeah. do strength training with them. Mm -hmm. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so, what what got you to you identify as a caveman and your experience, your learning and teachings, kind of being drawn out of you? What is the driving force behind putting yourself out there in in kind of uncomfortable positions? You know, Amber to shove you up on stage. What's the driving force behind what you do now? And Amber to do this. No, 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 I mean, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, you didn't ask her to do it, but yeah. you, you still said yes, you know? Yeah. Cause I um... didn't see handcuffs up there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think the benefit of me helping more people than just, well, just keeping it to myself is just a bit pointless, really. But I'm, just, I'm not one of those people of, oh, look at me, I've done this, I've done that, look at me, I'm the best. I, I get that. It's, it's, it's important to tell your story to help other people which I'm very bad at um storytelling and um yeah but it's something I'm working on yeah because it's just yeah there's more information I need to give out to people um, and just mm. inspiring others to take on their next challenge and that's part of my business motto to draw the best out of people um I think that's important um otherwise well you don't exist you don't know about it and there's some amazing people around the world who've done some amazing things for charity for themselves and yeah 
exactly yeah without social media things like this talking about it it's yeah it's lost so i guess your your main drive is so that other people what it what is it get inspired is it kind of know that they're not alone is it is yeah because i extra of it all like you know I've, I've gone through a lot and knowing someone else who might be in a rut and to just trying to pick them out of that rut and getting back on track um is the main main thing if i can support them in any way i'll, I'll go out my way to help them yeah i have personal experience with that as well <laughs> yeah on the last day of the big retreat i was not feeling very well and that set off a a little bit of a uh anxiety attack for me and chris did not leave my side and um i was extremely grateful for him for that because well he's you've got a very calming presence about you which i think is very needed i think a lot of people like you say a lot of people are very good at talking and sometimes that can come across as people just trying to fix and sometimes we don't want somebody to fix us they we just want someone to be there because we yeah. we do have the tools a lot of the time to help ourselves we just either need to be seen or heard or just be in the presence of somebody else and I think that that's something that you're really good at doing. Yeah, like like you said, you don't have to do anything. Just sometimes being there is enough. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I kind of picked that up that you know something wasn't right, and uh, yeah, I wasn't gonna leave you. I've been I was tapping away, and actually, to be fair, it was absolutely fine afterwards because I tapped. I was like, I feel ill. Thankfully, you ate my bacon sandwich. Um, <laughs> nobody knows good... about this either. <laughs> just letting it all out on the podcast um it was a good yeah sandwich. that was the one thing I was like please can you make sure you eat this sandwich because I've just spent like six pounds or something on a bacon sandwich but then then again you know you're at that state no one knew about it and then you're a completely different person you're just you just bossed it it's the power of tapping to be fair I was tapping away just to calm down because essentially for me when I get ill it's like my body goes into another kind of it's kind of like a panic attack but not but it's from when I was when I wasn't well and when I was going through all of my stuff. And it's been something I've been trying to work through and I am working through. But there's still that like physical trigger. So my mind isn't anxious. The only anxious feeling I had that, that day was like, I've got to do a talk in a minute and I've got to like be okay. Um, but my body was not playing ball with me. This isn't about me, but you were very helpful and I, I was very grateful for you to be there just so I could just lie there and, no, and just be be with somebody else. <laughs> it, it, it was remarkable to see, actually, how, how yeah, it was impressive. Like, just to kind of, like, yeah, like another person, just like, got on with it. But, yeah, it was amazing. Hmm. So, thank you. Um, but yeah, it wasn't me, it was tapping. So, I guess... What do you want to do with all this? Like, where do you see this going? Or do you, are you somebody that prefers to just be like, this is, this will lead out how I want it to lead out? Like, do you have a vision and a dream for what you want to do with your, your work? Or is it just kind of a see how it goes? Um, ideally, I'd like to open a performance training centre 
within cross-country skiing. It's a bit of a missold uh, sport. It's not many many clubs in the UK, so just having a bit of a hub really, and linking in with local groups, charities, Nordic walking, cyclists, and you know a go-to hub when people don't feel right or just want someone to talk to, or just a quiet space if they just want to go out and go for a walk. Um, I've got a bit of space, a little bit of land. Or, you know, just a board with information or walking groups they can go off their own and um, it's provided for them. I still coach and go around the world and uh, help people, individuals, groups. That's my main name, really. And I'll always carry out my crazy challenges. And I've got a couple of brewing up soon, so I'm sure they'll be coming out soon. <laughs> How will you feel? Because you've got a little boy, haven't you? How will you feel if he, he takes on the, the challenge gauntlet and... You know, ten years time, he's out there with you. Is that something you quite enjoy? Uh, yeah, I think he's he's probably switched on anyway. So he's just turned six, named uh, Yori, uh, little Welsh Welsh name. Yeah, he's a, he's a fit little dude, and yeah, I'm not worried about you know I'm not going to push him into any sport. I'll always support him what he wants to do, but I'm sure he's going to come into that um, in his own element and uh, go down that route. But, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll, I'll do a, a father and son challenge down, down the line somewhere. And I'm sure he'll leg me on when I'm knocking on a bit and uh, getting a bit rusty, a bit of a fossil. But, um, yeah, I'll just carry on what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. It's been really enjoyable chatting to you and hearing a little bit more about your story. Um, again and yeah sharing it with people because I think that there are so many different elements and and you as a person like you have been through a lot and it and it's really easy sometimes to say that but actually the magnitude of what's behind those words is it like it's really important but the way that you have kind of come out of it and the way that you're using that to help other people and I think that any especially now like so many more men are talking about mental health and and looking at mental fitness as well as physical fitness and I think that children your child is so lucky because he gets a dad that gets it and Mm. you know talks about his feelings and I think you know quite a lot of us maybe didn't have that and 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 it's kind of breaking the mold and the pattern so yeah I just think that you are a fantastic individual and it's been really great to chat to you no um, pleasure i know we, yeah i know we've just tapped a little bit but yeah um, yeah no thanks for asking me and uh it's good to see you again is there anything before we finish that you would like to say or if you could leave a message out in the and the, out in the echoes out in the stratosphere of something that you either want everybody to know or that you want to kind of be remembered for what it what would you say if if anybody could take one thing from this conversation what would it be I just want to let people know that you know although you might have support around you you you'll still feel lonely like I did but just making sure that you do keep talking about what's going on and what you're going through um 
because yeah, there's only yeah, it'll, it'll have a slippery slope. You just need to keep talking, just to keep your feelings out in the open. Um, even if it sounds silly, yeah, because I've lost so many friends from for the wrong reasons. You know, there's groups out there that can support. You've got various charities, but you just need to find what works for you. I'm, there's no magic wand. I can't really tell you one way is going to fit for one person. Just need to find out what works. But getting friends and family to support your decision on how you're going to direct that energy um, is, is key, really. So. Thank you so much, Chris. That's right. You're welcome. Um, I will pop in the show notes how you can find out more about Chris, where you can go. So if you're interested in kind of keeping an eye out, I think Chris will also be at the big retreat again next year. I will um, be, yep. So you can definitely make an excuse to come along next year to the big retreat. It is in May next year, mm-hmm. I think, last week in May. Yes. Um, and it is one of the best kind of wellness festivals that I've ever been to. So. Um, little shout out for the big retreat there as well Um, but thank you so much for your time and um, I know there's so much value from this conversation that people are going to take away so thank you good and um, hopefully I'll be in better settings I'm uh, I'm literally in the back of my van um, sort of uh, my office at the minute so I'm on the go I'm always on the go so hopefully I'll in a bit bit better uh, background by then so uh, but yeah we'll make it work but yeah I'm glad you squeezed me in and it was great to see you, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be on here again uh, for a chit-chat and uh, another catch-up. Thank you for listening to the Echoes podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you were able to take something away from it, even if that was just a feeling of not being alone anymore. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, and if you could do me one favor after this it would just be to share this conversation with someone you know the ripple effects of these actions can create something amazing and magical and it might mean that somebody hears a story or a conversation that they really needed to i will be back again next week with another episode of the echoes and i'm looking forward to seeing you there